When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard over the air on the radio, The Bet in Las Vegas. Thanks for being with us again here. We bring in our special guest today. That is Sean Salisbury. You can catch him on Sports Talk 790 in Houston, the Sean Salisbury Show. Follow him on the X or Twitter, whatever the heck you want to call it, at Sean Unfiltered. Of course, former NFL quarterback, USC quarterback, and also the pride of Orange Glen High School. In North San Diego County, my hometown as well, Carlsbad, just just west on the coast there. Sean, thanks for being with us, man. We appreciate it. Great to be with you. Lancers and Patriots in Carlsbad and Orange Glen. I, yeah. uh, I'm, I tell you what, I miss San Diego. I, every time I go back home, it's like, why do you ever leave San Diego with that <laughs> beauty? So it's really good to be on with you guys, man. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the introduction. I appreciate it. The two answers to that question, by the way, Sean, taxes and real estate. <laughs> but well, well, and, and, and maybe leadership when it comes to the state of California, letting some of the things go. It has a little to do with it, but the beaches can hide some of that when we're out there on the sand. Nobody gives a rat's rear end what's going on. So there you That's go. Right. It was certainly a great place to grow up. So That's listen, right. let's jump right in. I want to start first uh, with the with in general with the AFC. I listened to your show. I heard you guys talk about this. I heard you talk about it with Dan Patrick a while ago. Um, the AFC overall is is, is just a freaking gauntlet. If you look at what's going on in the AFC from the Eastern Division through all the way to the West, it's going to be a tough, tough go for anybody, and that includes. People like the Chiefs, the Ravens, you name it, the Buffalo Bills. Some of these teams we're favoring. Uh, talk about what's going to have to happen in this conference to come out of this thing on top of it and get to the Super Bowl. It's getting increasingly difficult each year. Well, number one, to, to coin the phrase from our guy, Colonel Troutman in first blood, you better have a good supply of body bags, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, a brutal gauntlet, as you'd said. The quarterback play. Guys, you go through it, and I, I mean, you think about the NFC. I know Dak Prescott's a good player, and uh, Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal player. But you start to name just the quarterbacks, and you guys know this. We are a quarterback society now when it comes to high school, college, and pro. We don't we don't have the '85 Bears defense. We don't have the 2000 Ravens defense. We we just don't. Now there's some good ones. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just talking about overall where you can play average offense 
and play such good defense that you maul people so brutal, like the mid '70s Steelers. For those for the young people that don't know, go back and watch a little tape in that line. The, the array of players on that field when they play our Raiders growing up, it was like the best. I mean, you had you know, 25 Hall of Famers. It felt like every time those two would line up. It, 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 we just don't have that. So it's a quarterback league. You obviously got to score points to win, but we don't have where a team's going to pitch three, four shutouts in a row. Quarterback plays too good. The weapons are too good. The specialization of offenses and, you know, you got two backs. One comes in on third down, can catch it. You got big guys like Derrick Henry who can dominate in a run game. You get the, you know, I mean, it is just that they're everywhere. And the quarterback position is so good right now and so deep at the top. And it's in the AFC. So in order to get through it, you're going to have to be a little lucky. And, guys, as good as the Chiefs are, if I gave you any team, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, you're taking the field, at least I am, over the AFC one team, right? I mean, as good as the Chiefs are, having to go repeat again is going to be brutal because, hell, the seventh quarterback can be the MVP in, I mean, in, in the league. And now look what the Jets got now with Rodgers and the way their weapons are coming about and how good Robert Sala's team is being built on both sides of the ball. So uh, I, you, you do. you got to be a little lucky. The, the key is is that get a couple stops on defense. I, I asked people this. I said, would you rather have the number one quarterback slash offense in the 15th or 18th ranked defense? as Because, you know, the, the old saying, well, defense wins championships. Getting a few stops in a Super Bowl can win you a championship, but I don't know if defense overall wins championships because with injuries and attrition and the depth – but if you got that quarterback standing upright, you, you know what you can do. So for me, I, I would rather have the best offense in the middle of the road defense as opposed to the best defense in the league and the 20th best quarterback. That's not saying the guy can't play, but I think you got a better chance to win that way. I mean, the Chiefs weren't the best defense. I mean, mm-hmm. last year, but great defensive players in certain positions, and we know how good some of them are. The Bengals, some good players. The Buffalo Bills, some really good players on defense and, and a good team. So, But then you take a look at the quarterbacks and say, okay, on a bad day, if you still hang 27 or 28. Now, the opposite is true in the NFC. You can score from the locker room, and if you don't get any tackles like the Detroit Lions, well, then you, you pick high and you hope that that's changed this year. So I just think the gauntlet in the AFC of quarterbacks is too good. I would favor them. And if you can play some defense and get off the field and be a little lucky and keep your quarterback healthy, getting through the AFC is brutal. If you make it through the AFC, by the time you get to the Super Bowl, you may be so beat up and dead <laughs> that you can't beat the NFC. But it is a brutal conference to play defense in a passing game. So, Sean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. A lot of Raider fans were kind of pissed off about some of the moves that were made over the past year. A lot of questions about Josh McDaniels and his track record going back to Denver. Questions about Dave Ziegler because he's a first-time full-time GM. I know he was involved in New England, but this is his first time he's the GM GM, so to speak, making the moves. So a lot of Raider fans are kind of skeptical. We talked before we got on. You're a lifelong Raider fan, so you're going to get your raw thoughts here. How do you feel about the direction of the team? Because a lot of times you can see, you can look at a roster and say, this roster is rebuilding. This roster is going for a playoff spot. This roster is going for a Super Bowl. Where are the Raiders? Are they trending up, or are they going to have to take a step back to take a step forward? Well, I think it's a great question. Just when we say take a step back, they'll win 11 games and be in it, right? Isn't that the way this <laughs> league works? And you yeah. know in, in the National Football League, you can get healthier, meaning I don't mean health, health, health. I'm talking about as a football team, Jacksonville, get a head coach, get a quarterback and a few players, and you're right back in it winning the division. It doesn't take – 
I mean, now that's a lot to get the quarterback and a great head, at a, at a really at a Super Bowl winning head coach and get him back and a few players and stay healthy. Like I said, I'll use the word luck. You've got to be able to stay healthy and you better be deep. But with the Raiders, and you're right, lifelong Raider fan here. So I, I my emotion on my sleeve, I'm going to try to temper it as we talk about this because <laughs> you do got to face Herbert, probably a better Russell Wilson. He can't be any worse neither can the Broncos and obviously Mahomes. So that, 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 that enough to get there. I mean, you've got to you got to play some brutal football teams, brutally good, should I say, to get there. But I think they're like that, you know, they're like that uh, tweener as a defense, uh, edge rusher, outside linebacker, right? Or a strong safety outside linebacker, the guy who's fast enough and could probably play strong safety at times in, uh, explosive enough to go rush the passer, but we're not sure what he is, right? That's the Raiders. That's yeah. the Raiders. There's a lot. I, I, it's the same when I am, am evaluating a quarterback if I was going to draft him in the first five picks. If there's a lot of ifs by my franchise quarterback that I want to draft's name, I can't take him that high. I got to limit the ifs. The problem with the Raiders, they're the ifs. If Josh McDaniels is a leader or an offensive coordinator, is because is as a coordinator, he's a great play caller. But when he has to, to oversee an entire team, who is Josh McDaniels? We're waiting on that. Is, is, is Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, first three quarters of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl or the last quarter of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl? And can he stay on the field? wise move to give the big fella. If I was him, you turn and hand it and play action with the fella in the backfield and let Josh Jacobs do his thing. Phenomenal football player. Um, I, I, to me, it comes down to this. The quarterback position, the leadership and the ability to, I, I think winning's just as contagious as losing and to be able to overcome adversity that we know is going to strike. It, it, it just hits. And so if they can do that, but it, guys really – They've got great weapons on the perimeter. We know that when they're healthy. The quarterback is a good player, and they, they, they don't need him to be the best. They just need him to be efficient and make the big plays and don't miss the easy throw that we've seen at times Jimmy in his past miss if he plays good football, but I think he's a little underrated. Defensively, who are they? Can you pressure the quarterback? Can you prevent Mahomes and Herbert from taking over games? Can you now with Sean Payton there in that division? So it comes down to this. They've got to go. They have got to get after the quarterback, and they've got to play great defense. This is a team that if they can jump up five, six, seven, eight slots and pressure the quarterback and the offense stays healthy, they will score. They're going to score some points. So, But I do. I think they're a tweener. When people say, Sean, what's your prediction on the Raiders this year? I said, damn, I guess they could be nine and nine and eight. 10 and seven, or they they could get a, a couple breaks along the way with their weapons if they get some defense and, and win 11 games. Hell, all the teams in that division could win nine or better. It, when you think about it, they're, they're, they're pretty loaded. So yeah. um, I, I don't know if – I'm not picking them to go to the playoffs as we sit today. Now, some may change in the next two weeks, but I don't think they're a playoff team because I don't trust the defense. And Josh McDaniels has to prove to me that he can handle calling plays, being the, the head coach – and maximize the building. He's a brilliant, smart guy. Can he maximize the building? And we got to get the Raiders going from being an I confess he did it team to everybody's got everybody's back. The Raiders that I knew growing up, it didn't really matter who got the credit. They didn't give a rat's ass. It mattered. Did you knock somebody in the mouth? Did you protect your teammate? Did you smoke a cigarette at halftime and then go throw three touchdown passes like Kenny Stabler did? So I don't mean to draw on the old school Raiders, but isn't that what we're all looking for when we say, commitment to excellence right the yeah. old raiders that you know beards growing well max crosby max crosby, crosby would have fit perfect 
would Max would have been perfect on Stabler would have partied with him and then they'd have gone out and won by 30. So yeah. Max is a hell of a football player. If they can maximize defense and Josh McDaniels prove that he can do both run an offense and lead. I don't, I didn't say manage. I manage tasks and lead people. I don't right. believe in managing people. That's for the coffee in the building and the rest of it lead people. And if he proves he can do that, the Raiders, if they don't make the playoffs, they will disrupt the playoff picture. I'm hoping go. for better than I think, but I think they're sitting in between here with this. I'm not real sure who they are yet. Well, Sean, having I mean, you bring up some really good points there, and I want to touch on that because being ha- having been in the NFL, being in those buildings, working with and being led by good coaches and and great men your whole career, talk about that now because I what we what we hear out of camp, what we hear from people around the team is that it's a different day there. Even though Josh McDaniels was there last year, you had the struggle with Derek Carr. You had the struggle with Darren Waller. They just weren't bought in fully is basically the story. So now it seems as though they got their guys, so to speak. They got the idea around, hey, we're all supporting each other. There seems to be a better culture inside the building. From your experience, talk about how that works and how do you know when it's starting to go and you can feel it have an impact on the team overall and its play eventually. I think there's, and there's a couple layers to what you're saying. Bought in's a great phrase. I can have the greatest coach in the world if they don't buy in at any level. Alabama, Southern Cal, Georgia, Raiders, Chargers. If, you, if they did not have buy-in in Denver, that roster in Denver last year, that, that, that's a good enough roster to win a lot of games. Mm. The quarterback you didn't play well and they didn't buy in and, and, you know, Hackett was trying to feel his way around. And, you know, a lot of times the second time around for a head coach, meaning with Josh, should be better. And you mentioned culture. It's an overrated word when we lose and a really underrated word when you win. It really it really is. We, we use it a lot. It's like a broadcaster who says, you know, a guy makes a two-yard run and he misses, makes one guy miss, makes a two-yard run. We say, oh, what a great run. No, it was a two-yard run. Guy makes a tackle when he's supposed to. It's a great – no, it's not a great tackle. It's what he's paid to do. It's the same, oh, culture, culture. Well, part of being having a great culture is buy-in. And uh, the Texans here, guys, in Houston, D'Amico Ryans, as you guys know, as a 49er, has been leader when he was – before he got here, the energy started to change. And when he got here, it just changed. The way they practiced, the way they went about their business, the way they went about not accepting, just being okay on the practice field and showing up late. And, you know, all those things that go with – changing the culture. If the culture's changing, and I do believe coaches, you know, Josh doesn't need to be Bill Belichick. Josh's first time around tried to be Belichick and it didn't work. Josh needs to be Josh. Take the good things from Belichick, but you don't, it doesn't always have to be abrasive. It's okay to laugh and joke around and have fun as long as the focus is there. And I think he will. I'm a fan. I just want to see it elevate. So I think what happens with when you get by and you'll get guys to do the lonely work. You'll get guys to start sacrificing for teammates instead of just making it about them. You want everybody to write the book and get the endorsement and win the ring, not just you. It's me. That that When you catch four balls and lose or you catch eight balls and lose, it's a bothersome. When you catch uh, two balls and win, you're happy with it because you contributed. That's what we're looking for with the Raiders. Just find ways to get it done. Easier said than done. But I'm big on how you practice, how everybody comes to the building. And you can't treat everybody the same. What I may, you know, while you may be able to chew a guy like Max Crosby out because like, oh, well, I'm still going to show up and play, as opposed to some who may need an arm around him. And that's up to Josh to figure out. But 
I get the same feeling you guys do, and they do, that things are starting to are changing a little bit. It's not like the Raiders are a hack team in the past. They just haven't hit that all cylinders. You know, it's like, man, we, we're just and, – and, and they found ways to lose at times when they should have won. Get my point? They got to – it's like golf. When you want to win on a PJ Tour, what do you got to do? You got to birdie the par fives all the time yep. and maybe put in an eagle. And then you got to par the par threes. That means you got to beat the two and 13 teams. You got to, uh, when you, I mean, they're the birdie teams. And then when you play the Chiefs, which is a par or sometimes bogey, you got to find a way to either birdie it or par it once in a while and beat them on the road. So leadership's huge. Uh, maybe another overused term, but I can't emphasize enough the teams I've been on that have lacked leadership. I'm not even talking about the coach guys. What happens is I think the great teams, the coach in the offseason and how they prepare, it permeates through the organization. Then all of a sudden, Coach sits back and says, my players got it. They'll handle that dispute in the locker room. They'll handle the fight on the field. They'll understand that somebody step in the huddle and make a play. You don't have to do a lot of talking. You lead them there, and then you let them take care of their business. But if you can't get them to that point, they'll always fall short. So it is a very, very slippery slope. Josh comes from the best coach of all time. Josh doesn't need to be the best coach of all time. He just needs to lead and have those guys believe that he knows that they'll take care of their business when necessary. And then it comes down to little things, guys, on the field. It's not – I can draw up the greatest game plan in the world. Great X's and O's with average Jimmys and Joes, you lose. Coaches lose games, players win games. And then if you got great Jimmys and Joes – I've had it happen before, guys. Coach will send in a play, and you're like, man, if the guys in the huddle aren't feeling good about it, even though it may work against that coverage or front, and two-yard loss. Somehow they didn't believe in it. And then the other is true. Damn, that doesn't look real good on the X's and O's. Walk to the line of scrimmage. That coverage is not set up for this play. Quarterback, receiver on the right page. Get good protection. Hold the ball a second longer. Bam. Hits him on a late dig route, and it works. And you say, go back and watch tape. How the hell did that work? Well, they believed it would because they've seen it and walked through it enough times. So it's Jimmy's and Joe's and it's leadership. And you mentioned culture. Culture changes. And I'll tell you what changes culture quicker than anything. It's making sure you don't tolerate crap as a team. And you and you and you bow your neck, but also win. Win could change culture in a hurry. A fast start for the Raiders would be ideal to also help change the culture of the football team. They're not far off. Plus, they got the best uniforms in the world. So let's friggin' go. <laughs> As Al Davis said, just win, baby. That's right? Exactly That's all that matters. Right. That's, That's all right. that matters. Listen, but we, a, lot, we... a lot of warts, Mo. A lot of the things can be solved, even if it's a twelve to t- mm-hmm. nine win, four field goals. Winning games doesn't. And then all of a sudden, you start to have the believability that you can't lose. And that's a good thing. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. And we started this conversation talking about it's a quarterback driven league. And there was a lot of conversation when the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And I said, look, people said, hey, Mo, Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. And that's that's good for the Raiders. But you got to remember what Jimmy Garoppolo had in San Francisco. Top tier defense in a run game. Now they have Josh Jacobs back. He's back in the fold. That's a good thing. You talked about the defense and their question marks. Now people are going to say, well, he could be kind of like a rich Gannon, kind of come into the Raiders, put up big numbers, win football games. And I 
push back a little bit and I say, well, Jimmy Garoppolo's resume a little different. Played for a Super Bowl caliber squad in the 49ers. No disrespect to the Vikings team that you and Rich Gannon played on. Went to the playoffs, but Rich Gannon didn't have, didn't play full-time quarterback starter for the Vikings for multiple seasons as Jimmy did. So my question to you is, what do you expect out of Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you expect his numbers to go up with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Josh McDaniels, as you said, a good play caller. Do you expect him to carry more of the load on offense than he did in San Francisco. Yeah, and, and to, to just with a smile on my face, my teammate and friend and who I could have been more proud of the way Rich transformed his career. Mm-hmm. When he came into Minnesota and had, it was like he had eyes in the back of his head. You know, he was so athletic. And then he went through Kansas City. And when it got to the point where you get a little older and don't move like he used to, although Rich, then he became a full-fledged in the doggone hula hoop in the pocket knew well he and Gruden battling to see who gets to the office sooner and Rich became such a great hell knew where to throw it before the ball was snapped I could have been more proud now if Jimmy wins the MVP in the league the Raiders are going to the playoffs okay that I can tell you if if Jimmy's the MVP but they're different types of players there's no doubt and you're right Rich getting healthy from his shoulder back in Minnesota then on to Washington through Kansas City phenomenal phenomenal late run in his career as well and I couldn't have been more proud of him yeah what I expect from Jimmy is this. Now, listen, the one thing, Jimmy, guys, go back and watch is Jimmy missed some easy throws in big games. I'm not worried about the hard throw. I'm worried about the easy one. The guy's open on a corner route and you can't miss him out of the back of the end zone. Those are the things that I think Jimmy – and maybe we overrate those, but you can't miss – the. I call them the ordinary plays you have to make all the time. The best players we've ever seen at the position, Montana and Brady, Breeze, Manning – uh, the way Mahomes plays Burrow, what do they do, guys? They make the ordinary play. Now, you see Mahomes in a highlight, sidearm and falling down. That's not where he lives. He just makes those that other guys don't. But the other plays, he doesn't miss the bubble screen to, to Kelsey at the, at the five-yard line. He doesn't miss the slant in an open window. Those things, you have to make the ordinary play. And then every now and then, let those guys go do work and turn it into an extraordinary play. From Jimmy, I expect him to be accurate. I expect them to, them to run the football and use play action to their advantage in formation and multiple formations and sets to try and create mismatches for Devontae and to try and get a, a front that's favorable to your offensive line so Josh can do his job. But when they do decide to bunch it and they say, I'm going to make – because you're going into this saying Jimmy's going to have to beat me, whether it's making sure he's healthy – and, that, and I have a lot of respect for Garoppolo because I go on in San Francisco every week and I've been for years saying, you know what, we don't give him the record, the, the respect he deserves because he does win. Even if he's on a good team, he wins when he was in San Francisco. Got to stay on the field. But Jimmy's going to have to make a few plays. The thing that I'm curious about is the vertical, down-the-field stretch passing game. When they start to squeeze you, he is going to have to make the big post, the whole shot, the go route where it's, you got to drop it in a tight window the size of a coffee can, those things. Jimmy, I know the players are going to rally around. George Kittle has always said the players in the locker room love Jimmy. Yeah. They freaking loved him. So that's not going to be a problem, the leadership. It's make the ordinary play all the time. And when they decide they're going to squeeze you and make Josh Jacobs rush 22 times for 60 yards, what's then what? But here's the deal. you got perimeter people, and you are so right, Mo. Listen, we started to talk about it. Well, I know McCaffrey came in late, but they as good a running team as, they, as we see in the league in San Francisco. They a weapon at tight end. They get you the ball on defense. They got like a stud in a, in a, in a top five player, like eight positions in San Francisco. <laughs> so, But then you got Devontae, and you got Josh, and you got uh, you know some guys up front that can go get it. You got Max. I mean, this is a team that's got some players as well. 
but he can't miss the ordinary play. If Jimmy Garoppolo makes the ordinary play and protects the football this year, the Raiders will be in it. I don't know if in December where they're going to go, but they will be in it. So I don't expect him to be rich in the MVP of the league, but damn, if he gave me about 85 or 90% of Rich's year or played like he did the year they went to the Super Bowl and he was 3 of 11 in the fourth quarter, the Raiders will be hanging around. Jimmy is a good player. Jimmy's not going to change the franchise, but Jimmy can sure help. Listen, Derek Carr was a hell of a football player, a hell of a football player. But that ship had sailed. It was time. Both of them got a little stale like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and not comparing those two. But it got stale. It was time for Jordan Love and for Rodgers and his game to move on to somewhere else. So I'm anxious to see. Um, Jimmy's got to stay on the field. And if he does for 17 games, I, I would expect the Raiders to be highly competitive. But you know where their bread's buttered. Go get the quarterback, run the football, and you've got to hit some big plays. But the ordinary plays are going to have to be regular. And Josh knows Jimmy. He knows Jimmy's strengths and weaknesses because he's had him. So we'll see how he elevates that play and uses not only horizontally but also vertically the football field. And you have to do both in this league now. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch that as it unfolds uh, throughout this season. All right, Sean, you've been so kind with your time. We appreciate it. We want to close on this because I'm coming to work for you. Technically, um, you are also the president of the Pro Sports Fan app. I know there's a, 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 a company also that I forgot the name of the company. You have to remind me. I should know. Most relevant was the parent yeah, company. The Pro, parent Pro Sports company. Fans is now the company. That's a better right. name and, a, and, and it fits exactly what we're trying to do. That's right. So, so what it is? Why don't you tell people about the app? I'm I'm just ecstatic to be a part of it as we go into the season, and you got people throughout the entire league. Uh, doing this, but but I really love the concept behind this. Explain what you're doing with the app, and then we'll talk about people, how they can go get it, and how they can listen in uh, for Raider games this season. Well, I, I think it's a game changer, guys. I, I do. And they approached me. They've been in with the, you know, the key is we talked about X's and O's, making sure the technology fits, getting the X's and O's on, on the technology to be able to pull it off, and we have. And I, I couldn't be more thrilled. You know, I've been in the business 30 years, and I'm as excited about this as I am when I go and we're, we're doing this interview and the passion about mm -hmm. this, but being the and they approached me about it and they're trying to use bandwidth and go get the right people, guys like you and in all the cities in this league and baseball and football and basketball. And it'll eventually we're going into college. We call it pro sports fans. But we'll have college sports fans as well. And they asked me to be the president because they know I was passionate about it. And, you know, you get presented stuff like this a lot. This one hit, it hit different for me. And what it is not to bore you with a lot of details, but, it's, a, it's the most fan-friendly engagement app on the planet. The technology has given us the opportunity to go on and have 4,000 people watching or listening to your show, but that's the key. It's not linear where you go on and put up a tweet and somebody comes back. I can go on and have people come in. It's a live podcast show, and we do like the media cast, Manning cast on game day. Every game will be covered in every city in this league. But during the week on a third, you'll give your Raiders update and what's going on and give your passion. But 200 people come in and they're there and they're, it's like an in-studio live audience, but they're on their phone, simply on your phone and the technology to push a button to make it simple. Because guys, listen, I, I still write notes down. So you know the technology <laughs> for the president of the damn company needed to be simple, but we've got great tech team, great leadership, but back to the Jimmys and Joes. If we don't have compelling content, this won't be worth a damn. We do. We have compelling people that are going to be doing it, that are passionate, that love it. And we always talk about how important the fans are, yet we talk at them instead of with them. 
Like we're doing now, this is great stuff. You know what? People are going to send in messages and you're going to try to get back to them. That is right there. You do a great interview, got somebody on and bam, pop them in. Somebody can talk to the person you're interviewing, whether they come on and want to hear their voice in their face or you just want to put it on the screen like you would on Twitter. We've given you all these options, plus the gambling part where you can push it and and get to a site and come back. Uh, we're not in the gambling technology business. We leave that to those people with all those rules and regulations, but we'll have that. And then to monetize it for our talent where people can come on in and subscriptions and donations. Yeah. We're onto something really special because we always talk about the fans. It's time to actually give the fans what they deserve, a chance to be with us, not, not oh man, I want, I want, I have a question for Sean or Mo. Well, come on in, man, every yeah. time. So we will go wall to wall coverage. And I actually think it's going to be not only a game changer, but epic, not only for the fan, but investor and sponsors. And quite frankly, for getting news out there right now, we could be walking down the street and I, bam, I'm going to do a 20 minute show. Let's do it. Sitting here in a restaurant. Let's go get them on. It's engagement. It's fan engagement and communities that allow you to bring everybody together. And I couldn't be more excited to be the president. And I'm going to be listening and watching everybody and you guys, and you don't have FCC rules, so let it rip, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. And and you're absolutely right. It's a great way because people jump right in and you can, it's, it's, I, my wife was trying to get the this the the gist of it, and I was telling her, well, you know what? It's like Manning Cast. Okay, she kind of got that. But then I said, it's like I get to sit in a room, like I'm watching a game with a bunch of men or women, and they're just hanging out, and they're all talking, and we're having fun, and can interact with it. And you're right. So there's such great media out there covering the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, but you don't get to. It's not immersive. This is immersive. So uh, kudos to you and the team because it's going to be Thank fun. You. I'm really and imagine on the Manning Cast. Would it be cool? And they do such a great job. Hell, who doesn't like watching those cats? But can you imagine like when Peyton makes fun of Eli, if you could come on into that living room with them from your phone and talk with them? Yeah, That's what we're doing. Now, we may not have been uh, Trust me, I'm not even a household name in my own home like Peyton Manning <laughs> is around the world. But we're building some. And you know what we're going to define throughout this, too? People that some people don't know much about that are new in this business and in the, in the media casting and broadcast business. They're going to rear their head as stars because you're going to get a yeah. platform to be heard and fans deserve to come in and be a part of this. It'll be and then we'll have it where the Raiders are playing the Broncos or the Raiders, and the Chiefs, both the teams from both our media cast from both will come in and do it together. Do a joint. So it's yeah. so it's the good banter going on and <laughs> you can control a lot of it. I, I couldn't be more excited. I'm honored to be the president, but I'm more honored as, as well to see all this great talent come together and we're going to dominate this football season. And we, I may not be a household name, but PSF will by the time this season's over. By the way, quick story, Sean, and we'll let you go. But in my house, you are well-known, but you're not well-known as the quarterback or the talk show host. You're well-known as the guy from Benchwarmers with my boys because they uh, yeah, loved your performance. And actually, I loved your performance in Benchwarmers. It was I feel like I got snubbed. Best supporting yeah. actor in a comedy role, man. I got, I got snubbed. No, You should have. <laughs> and I don't know why the phone's still not ringing. You should have. Uh, yeah. That um, role. My man Sandler had asked me to do it, and I was yep. fortunate. I trained him for the longest yard, and then he put me in the movie. And having been in watching those guys do their work, the, you know, the people he worked at. First off, whatever <laughs> you think about Sandler in a good way, times it times 100. Yeah. He's as fine a human being as you'll ever meet. Doesn't get caught up in all this. Just a good old family guy who puts out, you know, loves the people he works with and, and fiercely loyal. But I had a blast with that. And, you know, I'll go coach at a football camp and teach kids. And all of a sudden, they'll be looking at me different. I know they have no idea that I played. 
and they've seen me on broadcast. Their parents know that I played on broadcast, and then yeah. they're looking, and all of a sudden I say, okay, I know there's the elephant in the room, and then I'll tell them. And from then on, I got the, the kid, the, the, the 14-year-old's full attention on the football field. Well, you that's the guy, yeah. Brad, the, 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 the titty twister guy in bench yeah. warmers. Now, <laughs> no matter what I tell them, is gold, right? So now yeah. I start the camp or any place I go with the speech saying, yeah, that's me, and then, all the, then I'm the coolest guy in town. Other than that, they don't. They don't give a hill of beans what I've done. So, yes, I'm pretty fortunate. And real quick, one of the greatest fun parts of my career after doing that and being on that set with those guys for months was going into the opening night with my kids and about 20 of their buddies and a oh. sold-out movie theater like at Cinemark. And you're sitting there, nobody knows, and you're just listening to the laughs and the responses and like, this is really pretty cool. Even though you've played on TV and play, it's like, this was different. So I kind of got a feel for that big screen. Those guys are at a whole different level than us goofballs that put a helmet on. But it was a, <laughs> it was a blast and I, it was a humbling experience, but it was honored. If I get somebody to listen to me because I can fool them with the fact that I was in bench warmers, have at it. But I'll, I'll take it any day I can get it. Well, it uh, I appreciated it. My kids loved it. So we, we and I, I thought it was hysterical. So Thank good you, on I you, Sean Salisbury. Of course, you catch him on Sports Talk Seven Ninety in Houston, which you can get on the iHeart app if you're outside of the market. But we certainly appreciate it, Sean. Look forward to uh, being involved with PSF this year, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you hopefully uh, down the line and during the season. Anytime you guys need me, go Raiders. Let's go Silver and Black. And to all you folks listening and watching. Get that PSF app and watch these shows, and let's go. Let's hopefully we can get the Raiders about three or four extra wins this year, and one of them in February. That'd be nice. Man, I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on. Oh, yeah. Anytime, I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. We appreciate Thanks, it. Sean. All right, Thanks, there guys. you have it. Sean Salisbury joining us here on Silver and Black today. Uh, great conversation. Such a great guy. And and we didn't get a chance to talk about young quarterbacks because he still does a lot of coaching, Mo. So we didn't get to ask the Aiden O'Connell story. But some really good nuggets there. The Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, of course, the culture in the building, the coaching stuff. Just, you know, that's why we had him on. Uh, a great guest. We went long in this segment, really long, because Sean just knows his stuff, man. He's good, good guest. And, and those are the best interviews, right? I remember, yes. Sean, being on ESPN. I remember watching all the games on Sunday, and he would come on after the games, and he would give his honest opinion. He wouldn't sugarcoat. Because, you know, sometimes a lot of former players like to protect other players. They don't, you're not critical. They don't want to criticize. Let's say he would go after guys, but he would give unfiltered opinion. And it was good to see that live on our show just yeah. to have that. So, Again, just thanks to Sean. Shout out to him for what he's doing in the PSF app. Absolutely, and he's he's played. You know, he's been there at the highest levels yep. from from high school through college in the NFL. Of course, he, he he always jokes about his NFL career. It wasn't a stellar <laughs> career, but he was around. He was around. He he was in the buildings. He understood. And obviously, developed those relationships there. There and for those of you out there, oh, Sean Salzer. Raider fan, lifelong Raider fan. He grew up Ra in San Diego say. County, just about twelve miles east of where I grew up. And he's always been a Raiders fan. And that that was the thing for me. I, I didn't realize that until I started digging into history. I was like, oh, he's 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 a Raider fan. He's one of us. Well, I was saying, <laughs> oh, us as in me and fans watching this. That's true, Scott. No, yeah, I'm oh, just Scott. kidding. But Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Oh, oh, Scott, you grew up a Charger fan, so you have a Charger quarterback <laughs> on. Yeah, he's a Raider fan. But, but anyway, but I was good glad times. I was good able times. to get. I was I was also sorry, Scott, but I was also glad that I was able to get that insight on Rich Gannon out of him because, as I said, on, while he was on, he and Rich Gannon were teammates for a year in Minnesota. So Great he question. gave us that insight on 
who Rich Gannon was before he got to the Rays, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yes. That's why we have you on here, buddy. Pulled out that question. That's a good one. All right. I know this has been a long segment, so we're going to take our final break here on the Tuesday edition of Silver and Black today. We come back. Mo and I will close out the show talking a little bit about roster moves ahead. It is cut day. It's cut day. We'll talk a little bit more about that and some expectations surrounding the Raiders and what needs they still might have even after camp and the preseason. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere.